in front, Steel City looms on the outside and Cigar Flick, three of them across the track, learning to fly, coming back on Steel City, learning to fly, heads off Steel City, learning to fly, too strong in the wet and stakes. Welcome to Vet Doctor, behind the curtain look at how pro punters operate, I'm your host Scoot, I'm in the sunny Gold Coast, the hot, humid sunny Gold Coast with John Walter who looks a bit vitamin D deficient I'm told. You just stole my line. Yeah. I was sitting there thinking about that. Yeah, <laughs> apparently I am vitamin D deficient, so we're in the sunny state. What is it they call it? Used to call it the the sunny sh- place for shady people, but um, apparently living in the shade too much still, regardless. But anyway, what can you do? At least we're uh, honest, law-abiding citizens. That's all I can say. It definitely are. What uh, what's going on down at uh, down in Melbourne, Melbourne town? DK back from the cruise. Tell you what, you're looking good. No, no, no vitamin D deficiency down here. Walt, go on a cruise. That's what you do. No vitamin D deficiency there. Be something for you to do. But um, yep, scoot back, back in the land of the living off the, uh, off the cruise, mate. So um, that was big, very big cruising. So <laughs> uh, big tip for anyone out there. I'll give a lot of tips on the show. There's another one. Tip, tipping cruising big. So um, now it was fat. Look, I don't know if I, um, I don't know if I share that sentiment. My old girl was up here a couple of weeks ago and. She went on a cruise. Someone shouted her and her, her partner a cruise, and on the last day, someone carked it, and then they were stuck on the ship for four hours. They missed their fl- connecting flights back to Melbourne, so she was absolutely potting it. Was there a bit of scenery there, DK? Like, what's the appeal for us, a punter? Oh, it's, it, well, it's for everyone, but uh, scenery, yeah. Don't, don't, didn't have to worry about getting off at uh, Port Vila or in Vanuatu or Numia or New Caledonia for the scenery. Tell you what, the scenery was, it, it was just. What did I say? Ten out of ten on the boat. I mean, what's that? What's that, um, Nico? What's that? Uh, what's that group one fillies and mares at the end of the carnival? The, uh, the matron or the what is uh, it? The, the my, my classic. My, my classic. Oh, Empire Rose. Empire Rose. They call it now. Is it the Empire Rose? Empire yeah, Rose. yeah. Well, you could have run dead set sitting by the pool. There, you could have run eight divisions of that and still had to ballot. Like it was just it was just group one activity everywhere. So um, that's 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 an appeal for that way. But oh, families and I mean, they've got this thing called the Cplex, which is upstairs for all the kids. Like this massive indoor stadium, so they get there and junior straight in the basketball courts. The basketball rings are down. They run basketball things. Then at night time, the roller roller skates or they put the dodgem cars on there. They inflate the laser tag. Um, they had the uh, parachuting thing. What's that called? The eye fly. Oh mate, and on them, let alone food and drink. We had we had three hours, four thirty till seven thirty every day, open bar as part of our package. So that was that set up the nights nicely. And then um, into the grouse restaurants. Like it's just um, pool time. It's just Tipping, tipping a big mate. No, no, blowing someone. They've got, mate. They've got a mortuary on board, Scoot. There's no dramas if someone carks it. Like someone nearly always carks it on the cruise. They're all oldies, and some of them's the last thing they want to do, and they die on the ship. There was a, there was an alpha, alpha, alpha oh, at four forty-five a.m. outside our room, but they've got the morgue on board, mate. They just put them on ice and wait till you get home and get the get the bloke to pick them up. No, no dramas there, mate. Full sweet. Morgue on board. Part of life. It's like it's like a floating city, mate. Morgue on board. Got a floating city. Yeah, they've got a morgue. They got a morgue. A morgue, whatever it is, the mortuary, the, the ice boxes they put them in or whatever. Yeah, it's a floating city, mate. It's just like a functioning 5,000 guests, 1,500 staff. It's huge. Do they need a new mayor, the floating city? <laughs> you're, the, you're the mayor for the job. Hey, DK, when you say it's group, group one talent, are we, what vintage are we talking? Is it like group one look into a, like a brood mare paddock or is it is there a good, a good array of uh, talent? Because you know, we're very, we, we've got a young audience out there. Yeah, no, no, this was, what are we at, January, so it's holiday time for most people on holidays in January, so it was, um, yeah, it was... Uh, all sorts. On the, I mean, I, all sorts, yeah, all sorts, but, mate, there's a lot of young people on board. I'm not talking young, I'm not talking kids or anything. I'm talking, you know, in, you know, the, in, the, in the right uh, bracket there, but, um, yeah, but if, if you, it wouldn't happen if you went on one from now on. You know, if you're in February, all the oldies, the pensioners, everyone's back at school, everyone's back at work, so you've got to pick your mark there. You know, you've got to go on the, the right time for the, uh, for the scenery to be... Uh, that good, so um, yeah, no, very, very hard to beat. And I, uh, I, I got the tip. I got the tip. I watched the video on the ballot because I won, I won the ballot on, on Ovation of the Seas Maiden Maiden Voyage to Australia back in two thousand seventeen. So I went the ballot flop competition. Shell talked me into it, and I won. But um, then I watched a video. Someone showed, put up a video of the uh, most recent Ovation of the Seas ballot flop competition on Facebook, and there was just my blokes, just group one performers, the biggest beer bellies and all that jumping in there, making huge splashes. So I. Uh, I uh, I didn't enter this one, and then I just watched our one, and our the one on our quantum seas was just just as high as group class. I would have run tailed off last in that one, but so I retired. I retired. Uh, I knew my level there. I retired undefeated on the belly flop. 
<laughs> Nico, uh, you're with us also. Spirit of Tasmania, that'd pull you up, just a trip over to the Apple Eye, or would you take the missus uh, on a cruise? Is that your go, your 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 age group? Uh, I think we might be going on a cruise later this year. Oh. A few of my mates are sort of talking about it, and maybe maybe we'll follow DK's lead and head on the one he went on. And, and the other racing, uh, mate, who'd I find at the, who'd I find on there? Straight away, Jay Maskeel. He knows, Jay Maskeel, he, the jockeys. He's, uh, he actually hurt himself. He's already couldn't go on the cruise, but... Uh, Jay Maskeel was on there, so I caught up with him most days and uh, had a beer and whatnot. But uh, good man, Jay Maskeel, so I'll follow him when he gets back. Yeah, but no, Nico, you'll enjoy You'll love it if you go, mate. You'll Tipping love it. it strong, yeah. Especially with a group of mates. Like, they had nightclubs and stuff, mate. they got everything, mate. Bands yep. and parties. It's just young people just have a ball. Outstanding. Good to have you back, DK. And speaking of jockeys, let's. Uh, we, we threw out a little bit of a poll on Little Birdie uh, on our Twitter account, and we said, should jockeys be allowed to bet on horse racing in Australia? Um and it came back 47.4% no's, so 52.6% say yes, and there was a couple of little variations to the yes because it's not it's not a black and white thing. Uh, 11% said uh, yes, open slather. Uh, 16 said yes if they're not riding the race, and then 25% said yes if they're riding that horse. So interesting. So it's only 50-50 split. So would it solve a lot of problems? Maybe. Oh, I think... My opinion would probably be the more things are open and, I guess, tracked and um, being able to be monitored by, I guess, the powers that be, I think it would be better for the market. There'd be more turnover and there'd be less sort of grey areas because at the moment it wouldn't be hard to skirt around those sort of laws. But I tell you what. Just quickly, Reese White come up with an absolute corker that I didn't see coming down on the bottom of uh, the screen there. He actually said they should be allowed to bet uh, with each other and they should also carry one weapon of choice uh, throughout the race. I didn't see this one coming, so I think uh, my weapon of choice, I'd, one of those uh, medieval bomby knockers I reckon I'd take. So it's a big Lance. stick with the uh, yeah with the, the chain and no, the big prickly the one, ball. So like it's the whip and then when you do that or something, you know, like the nightsticks that come out or something and then <laughs> you just you crack yeah, you're like the, So it's a more portable. I don't know about the bombing knock. It might be, it might be hard with the balance sort of to, to get there. You'd sort of want more of a like a cattle prod or something like that. Cause, uh, <laughs> so what, what do, you, do you think they should be allowed to bet? Uh, I, I think without saying, I think the poll that you probably, I would like to throw out is what percentage of people think jockeys are betting already anyway. Hundred percent. Um, yeah, and and like, what is the percentage that are jockeys are that are you know whether it's however they're doing it? Like you say, the people that are skirting the you, I would say most people would be of the opinion that are you know fairly involved in racing that that um, a lot of it's going on anyway. So either police it better, uh, actually you know really hammer them uh, for for breaking the rules that are there, or open it up. I don't I don't know if it's just. If it's working the the way it is, it's uh it's a bit grey, but it's just so much grey. This like change of tactics, and we're going to talk about that, I guess, as well. Uh, I think today it's just they're too grey, you know. Like, and there's different rules for everyone, different punishments for everyone, different levels of everything, and it's just there doesn't seem there seems to be a set of rules for one, not for the other, throughout the entire industry. And I think it's just it's right through it from, but from betting, do I think they should be able to bet? No. Okay. Tk. Yeah, I'm a no. No, as a, it, it just opened up too big a can of worms for mine. But um, what I am liking, Nico, is what something along similar line. Not not the betting lines is what they've done with the jockey bonus, or whatever you call it, that's attached to this um, Future Stars series at, at Pakenham. So there's a there's a fifty thousand dollar pot for the jockeys with the most points at the end of this this series, and uh, five, four, three, two, one. Um, and what they can do is they can pull a power play uh, and double their points if they hit the target. So first meeting, there's a real a real nice one there. Everyone wanted to back Shame me, whatever it was called. Cliff Brown, B. Mertens pulled the trigger. He said, that, that's my power play. Bang, pissed him. The second meeting, that marble, that thing that went like a Learjet from New Zealand, D. Stackhouse, said, right. that's my power play. I'll double points on it. Boom, pissed him, heavily backed. So uh, just, you know, I might need some sort of... Um, Something like that, where there's they're, they're all hungry for a dollar of jocks, you know. So, you know, where there's someone, you know, where there's a point system where, because if you see a jock doing that, it gives you more confidence. If you want to, um, you know, on that, if you're going to have a bet, so well, geez, he pulled the power play on this, or, or he's, he's basically having his own on it to get 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 a, get a crack of that fifty grand. It's 
35,000 first prize well, or 30 there's, grand. There's full intent there, isn't there? Yeah. Like as much as there would be anyway, but you, you chuck that in on top, I'm sure yeah. anyone's going to try a bit harder. So whether, you know, human all, nature. All the race clubs have got bookie sponsors, whether the bookie throws up, you know, a race meeting, you know, five grand for the race meeting, the jocks have a pull of them, they can pull a power play or, or Saturdays. Or, you know, it needs a lot of quick, but I, I do like that idea and you see the jock pull the power play and you say, ooh. Because that horse from New Zealand, there was a bit of a query on it, wasn't it? So, you know, he's a bit green and Stackhouse had obviously ridden at work or something. He's this goes good. Yeah. And the fucking went like a Learjet. So anyway, what do you th- Before I get your answer, Nico, what you've just said then, DK, and I had no idea about anything that you've just been speaking about for the last 60 seconds, but to, to me, that's betting. That is gambling. That That is 100%. Thing. So betting. it's literally the same thing. It's, it's like the same them thing. saying we've had a thousand on it, whatever. Well, exactly. They're playing the financial. Their bonus. It's a free bet. Yeah. It's a free. Hit. Well, it's like them tipping to someone and saying, "Yeah, that's right." It's the same thing. It's like it's it's, it's not the same thing you know, because it doesn't break the rules, but it's exactly the same thing to me as messaging the the, the butcher or the bloody baker or the candlestick maker. Hundred percent. And with with something attached, if if they're correct, potentially. Yeah, um, it's a there's the reward for getting getting it right. Nico, thoughts thoughts on that and thoughts on the whole the whole issue. Uh, I'm probably not totally against some betting, but I think it just have to be policed very well. And I don't think we are at the stage where we can do that, given there's probably a few more issues in racing that are uh, go under the uh, under the radar anyway. So, um, yeah, I think the the power play thing is, you know, if you're someone looking to back one of those horses, you'd definitely be, um, you know, happy to see that your jockey's playing that power play, isn't it? But um, I think it, it'd be prevalent now, come late in the season, if. Stackhouse has another ride or something. He doesn't use it. You'd be thinking, "Oh, what's going on here?" But he's already used it. So yeah. um, there's probably got to be some system where you can track it or something like that. But uh, yeah, they're good races. Those uh, those new maidens are packing them, aren't they? They're oh. getting all the big jocks out there for the big money, obviously. And any sort of horse that's jumped out well or trial stars, they're all heading to those maidens. So uh, yeah, it's good viewing. I did set reckon that a big key to me, like so, you at the moment. The biggest winner from prize money increases is jockeys. Train is probably secondary, but it's very the distribution is 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 like heavy on, on only a few races. Whereas jockeys week in, week out are the ones, you know, if they put prize money up ten percent, literally their pay goes up ten percent. So they're also paid, you know, quite well per ride, which I don't disagree with because it's a very dangerous sport. How you balance that, but also factor in a much stronger performance based payment structure so like at the moment a, a jockey in, in new south wales anywhere say they're getting 200 a ride they ride 20 races a week they run last in every one of them they've made four thousand for the week less less expenses um to me that's too much if you are not performing so a lot of jockeys to me don't put in the work and and prepare for rides week in week out where they're riding too much because they're getting paid too much mm. to not perform so, you know, um, you know, anyone, the guy who's last on the premiership ladder is getting the pay to the same as James McDonald to ride the horse. Mm. Obviously, he's making more money because he's performing better uh, in bigger races, but it, there's no incentive for the sort of middle of the tier to try and get the most out of every ride every day because they're getting paid too much for mm. not having they're to worry about it. Yeah, if they're cruising, whether they're riding too much as well, I think there's a number of factors, but to me, I think that's right. a bigger issue than, than being them, them allowed to bet or not. I just, I mean, you know jocks, though, Walt, and I, you know, I, one of your good mates was a jock and everything, and, mate, they're, 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 they 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 want to ride, from what I see, they get the shits when they don't ride well or get lose races and stuff like that. They suck it up, like, and because they're sweating and stuff, they're not, they're doing a bit tough anyway, and they, they're, de- I don't think they're just personally, they're just desperate to ride, get results, you know, and make them feel good and up and about and, you know, rather like that, rather than just waking away. There might be a, a segment of that, you know, maybe older guys who run their race and just whacking away for, you know, I remember D. Tootle got interviewed one day and he just, yeah, I'm just, you know, and I didn't say he wasn't, but he just said, I'm just going around. I've, I've had my time and I'm just picking up rides here and there and just making an earn, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, I just, as a natural, they're, 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 and then they get paid that performance by getting the share of the prize money. You know? I think, like, sort of, if you can concentrate on Saturday at Ramwick, I think there'd only be, say, if there's, you know, an average of 10 jockeys, there'd be two or three that are probably in the category that aren't you know, preparing as well as they could be. I think it's more, for me, country-provincial um, where you've the depth of riding is probably not as strong but they're still getting paid really well to not perform and, you know, the horses aren't great. They need a bit more help. It's it's a just, you know, sort of it's probably metropolitan isn't where I'd concentrate and I don't want to pick on any sort of segment of jockeys in particular. It just seems to me like it, there's they, 
it could be there, there's room for innovation there with a new structure that sort of, like you say, something like what they're doing there. I, I'm not sure like the the power plays and things I think add a bit of grey, but the points and and bonuses in that way um, gives them an extra incentive to ride every horse to their maximum, which is what I feel they're not doing at the moment. Mm, especially when yeah, you can see it a lot of the time, and horses don't you know get ridden out properly. And uh, yeah, I think there's a valid point there for sure. Let's uh, let's skip along. Uh, and another issue that sort of popped up, and I think punters and a few different news uh, or um, journalist sort of sites have uh, covered uh, this one, and it was uh, the Niffler uh, ride on last Saturday up in Sydney. So you can talk about this one, but um, we'll roll the replay. Um, and I guess it's been alleged that Niffler was uh, – used as a pacemaker for Bold Max. So you've got Niffler in the purple and white, you've got Major Artie on the outside, and then you've got uh, J-Mac on Bold, Bold Mac with the white blaze uh, just sort of mowing them down. So we missed the start of the race, but this is the first time Niffler's ever led. He got dug out. He was 1,200 to 1,500 metres. Second up. Oh, oh, second up. I've seen a lot worse from like, oh, he just in set, general. He didn't set a world record speed. I, I think that to me, the combination of the two is what, what frustrates me more than anything. So you've got Bold Mac, no change of tactics. It's been in the first three, it's last four starts, something like that. Mm. To me, it feels like, without any allegation, James is aware that there's going to be a little bit more pressure than it looks there. It'll be on paper. On paper, there's one leader. Uh, would you have thought that Niffler could possibly cross Boldardi and lead it? Did he go too fast? Probably not. You know, no. like they weren't going crazy, but he definitely had to urge him heavily to get there. He was out of his comfort zone. The horse, uh, it's arguable whether it helped or hindered his performance overall. Would he have finished any closer? Niffler himself, I'm not sure, but it feels like to me that that James rode Bold Mac back More a, an extra pair or two. Yeah. The horse hasn't been really finishing off that well up on speed, so. I think they've done the right thing with the horse riding it that way, but it just—it's just smelly when both horses are ridden differently. The wrong way around. Yeah, and and it was very similar with Thalassophile on the same day. Whereas no change of tactic there, that horse has settled in the in the back ten percent of every field that's ever been in. All of a sudden, he's up outside leader early, settles in the one one. The stable mates up front, making sure that uh, the tempo's nice and even for him too, and that's just just what it feels like. So I understand any frustration. Do I think there was anything crazily wrong with that race? Absolutely not. But it's just, it's the feel. It's got a bit of the castle about it. It's the, mm, it's the just vibe. feels wrong. It's the vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's like when the, the weather's. 13 degrees but it yeah. feels like and, it's eight and so what do you do as a punter do you then okay there's four waller horses in do you start to now factor uh you know add add bonuses to james's horses thinking that there's he four horses most. in there the other two or three are going to be uh ridden to advantage for james's horse mm. i don't know that's and that's all we care about we don't care what they really do at the end of the day uh we just want to be able to try and predict it and that's that's what what, um, what what can be frustrating at times because there's no way in the world I could have mapped before the change of tactics Niffler in front of um, uh, Bold Mac but, and Niffler second up, as you said, 12 to 1,500 wide gate. What does Waller normally do? Ultra conservative. He's going to go back on that horse or, you know, he might try and slot in. If he doesn't, he's going to go back. He's definitely not going to push it to the front. So, and I understand there was a change of tactics. And, and that's and that's the thing. So you've got betting open from, say, Wednesday for a Saturday race mm. and racing's dining on wagering revenue. Mm. And so there's all these people betting into the races in, t in the dark, which is, you know, uh, I guess. Part of the game. Part of the game. Part of, part of, part of betting early market. Yeah. Right. So Wednesday through to Saturday and then all of a sudden, whoop, you know, the, ta the tactics change. And historically, like, the widest gate, Waller always goes back. Yeah. Yeah, so there, there I can see horse, how it's um, sour grapes for a lot of punters, but I've seen a lot worse and nothing's been done about that either. So Yeah, and there, there was one yesterday that, like, again, I wasn't involved, uh, that Hollywood hero, and I think it was like 250, which looked tight anyway at the start of betting. James McDonald ran okay the other day, sort of PR'd three back the fence at Canterbury, got to the line nicely. Yesterday it draws the outside gate, James McDonald stays on again. You're waiting for a change of tactic because that's what you're conditioned to now, thinking, okay, well... If it's not, there's no change of tactic, it's going to go back. All of a sudden, this horse is 250 to 180. Yep. Where's it going? You know, it's not going to be dragged out the back last, is it? But there was no change of tactic. It sat outside the leader and got beat. But, um, yeah, it's just it's frustrating because, again, there's no consistency. And then that's all, that's all we can ask for is consistency so that we can set up the race with consistency to bet. And that's all we want to do. We don't really care at the end of the day what games anyone plays, you know. Like, that's not for us to really worry about that's the steward's job we just want everyone to play the game consistently so we can come up with an answer that's somewhat 
determinable before the race and not have to look back on it and go, oh, God, well, it's easy now. But and Then what happened? What, what was that funny one? Was it yesterday, Walt? Was a, did you say there's a field of seven and six? Yeah. Oh, did you like that one? So there's a, yeah, there's, there's, well, there's one leader uh, on oh, paper yeah. well, with blinkers off, right? So, again, and it's David Payne blinkers off. So everyone's looking at the race going, oh, okay, well, there's set outside leaders up for grabs, seven runners, five of the other six put in change of tactic to be ridden more forward. And then I saw JP sort of dropped his out because he drew wide and he was, I think, the first person to put the change of tactics in. He drops his out because, of course, there's a line of five across the track <laughs> after 400 metres and JP drops his out the last and now they're questioning him, what were you doing? There was a change <laughs> of tactics. He nearly got arrested. Jesus. So, um, you damned yeah, if you I, do. Well, the problem is too, what is a change of tactics? Is a change of tactics what you or I think it is or is it a change of tactics to that steward's map? Because their map is diabolical. That's what it is. Yeah. But they don't get called in. Yeah, that's it. So it's just the whole thing's stupid. The whole change of tactics thing is just needs to be abolished. Why would any team go out there and say, "Tell exactly what you're going to do"? It should be a complete mystery to everyone. I agree because then it's up to us to make a decision, and nothing can be wrong. For we can't well, have exactly. a leg to stand on from an argument. So if you looked at that race, uh, probably not Waller and Niffler because of the draws and things, but. It would make sense to me if Waller's got four in a race, three of them are advantage by a bit of speed, one's drawn wide. Of course it's going to press forward, or one of them is, and, and, and I don't see any problem with that. It's just the change of tactics and the consistency about how it's all upheld and, and, and managed is is the problem. Sorry, just briefly, that's, I'd say that's a thing up there with the, with the, the, the speed map paranoia with the stewards and everything and Waller's and all that because you've had, you've had what, five in a race there. I reckon it's settled right down in Victoria. We're, we're lucky to get five a week now, aren't we? There's just yeah. they're just not really bad. And they call you know they're just they're either the stewards implementing common sense and the trainers are just you know just just doing the right thing. So, and I, I don't think we have the same sort of thing where it's you know you got four runners from the same stable in one race. Like we don't no. really cop that much down here either. No. So probably not a big issue here as it is no. uh, up north. I like that Niffler race. If it came out, there was no change of tactics. This is just me. I don't think anyone would have any issue with it. They might whinge for a couple of seconds because Abdullah pushed on and beat um, and crossed majority. But then you look at the sections and go, well, hang on. He was going pretty much even time. Play on. Hmm. All right, let's uh, let's push on because we could be here all day. Let's find you a winner. The first winner is the Comics Lounge in Melbourne. They're the home of comedy, North Melbourne, Errol Street. Make sure you check them out. Nothing better than a giggle uh, or a serious racing show, but. We like to have a bit of a laugh outside of racing. On today's show, we've got Donnie. Uh, no good last week, but uh, I'll tell you what, he's three straight in the syndicate and he's got a shorty that he thinks is immoral on Saturday at Eagle Farm. Walt was on fire. The uh, the Joe Pride love affair continues for our man Walt. Uh, Maramia was a lovely bet and he uh, also was on learning to fly. Uh, he's gone to the dark side now. He's being interviewed by the, the den today, so I'll probably get warned off there. He won't talk to me anymore, Joe. We've just we were just cementing our love affair too. We've just come back. We've we've got the South uh, uh, partnership, and uh, now we were starting to bond on hating certain jockeys. So you know, like it was, um, you know, it was starting to flower. We did ask Joe on the show this week, but he'd already he declined because he declined. He, he, he declined. He's on Wolf Ten. Mate, well, we don't have. We just we just they've just got the pulling power. Pulling power. Did they have on the other? Mark we're, Reed. We're a punish show. We're not, we're not a training show. Actually, I don't know. DK will probably watch. I haven't seen uh, the Mark Reed episode. It's actually one I'd be interested in because he doesn't um, get much airtime these days. Mark Reed. You know what's funny? Mark Reed tells a story. Oh yeah, I, I got on. I had three hundred k on one. Blah blah blah. Mate, you get odds to two thousand every bookie these days. Cool. You know, that was the heydays in the eighties. That was that were the dead set heydays. Imagine if Mark Reed had two to back one to win with two thousand with sports bet. Now it'd be three dollars into a dollar sixty in about forty three milliseconds. Good luck getting your other forty eight bets on or whatever you want to try and do. Mate, he got the one of those getting close or whatever. He got the um the whole because he's um, John Elliott, who's his brother in law, whatever, tied up with the um Strathmore. He's president of the Strathmore Footy Club. Put the whole Strathmore Footy Club on the plane. To Sydney, put them all in the betting ring, gave them all three grand each, and when this is in the days when there's fifty bookies, sixty bookies, and that, and said, "Where you go, you know, and just just get when they went getting closer was a hundred to nothing, and and one, you know, that's that's the sort of stuff they did in those days. Imagine, they're like it's just they're great stories. That's why they've got to be told because it's just so far the poor you young blokes is just so far removed. That's why I love going out with Gary Roberts and that because he just tells these stories, you know, Smurns and these, you know, Zusrab and all these things in the eighties, which were just Proper bookies and not, you know, plungers and everything. It was just huge betting. It was enormous. Even when I was 18, 19, which is, with Jesus Christ, it's 20 years ago, um, it doesn't feel like three minutes. I, I used to, like, well, one guy used to use me to, to, to bet for him every now and then, and, and it was, you know, six figure amounts uh, every time. And I, I had no trouble getting it on in cash. And then they weren't hundreds in, they were sort of, 
you know, five, six dollar chances, but you could do it. And it just, yeah, it's, it's embarrassing when Ben people bitch at you, the oh, you know, the world's changed, but far out. Like it should be for the better. Everything's gotten bigger, but we're shrinking. How does it make sense? Mm. Someone out there wants us to bet less. Might be the government. Nico Noonan, you return on your Manning Yard mail for this Saturday, so 25 bucks a week, and you get a saving if you buy in bulk. So uh, a lot of people back and lay horses from your service, so outstanding stuff. Uh, they, they lay his morals or back his? No, the other way around. Oh, the other way around, oh, sorry. If the favourite's oh, not the numbers or yeah. it's sweated up or what's, What like, does he say? What is he, huh? What's his main go-to, the ones that just win? What is his, his launch? Is it the, the launch? The launches. The launch. The launch. Launching. Yeah. Launches are... Uh, so profitable. Can't can't wait for the launches to come back. Could be a day for Saturday for a few launches. There's a few short price favourites in there that uh, if they parade well, you could be uh, definitely getting around. So uh, I think Saturday's a really good program to uh, kick it back off for the punters and then next week see a four-day. So it's all heating up here in Melbourne, even though it's still, yeah, still bloody freezing away, outside, it? though. Is it? You can see the trials. The trials are just, I was just, I've been away and just watching those Geelong and Cream and sets of trials. Oh, shit. The good horses are just. Around the corner from Regime. Yeah, Geelong had a heaps, heaps yeah. of good horses out there. But, uh, yep, big time coming ahead. Nico's going to look at Sandown. I'm going to have a quick look at Eagle Farm. Looks like a good betting day there. And make sure you're betting with Top Sport. They're family-owned operator. They're Aussie as well. They've got the new mobile site. You can same race multi. You can do everything and more there. So make sure you head to topsport.com.au. Tristan is uh, dying for you guys to have a bet with him. So open an account and support the Aussie bookies. Nico, sand down. Uh, let's have a quick look at your first one. It's uh, race six. It's the uh, the Graham Archibald Girdwood uh, classic over 1,300 metres with uh, Daytona Bay favourite. Uh, I think I know this bloke, Gags. He's, uh, he's got his Bucks Day there, so I think I've done well with the uh, the name, uh, the, the naming of the race there. So absolute pisser. He's locked away. Daytona Bay, 245 favourite here for G to San, $4. Uh, he's exceptional, 950. Uh, William Thomas, 950. Crestani, 13. Morrissey, 13. And that'll round us out better the rest. Daytona's a horse you like. Here's a replay two starts ago. Tell us why you like it. Yeah, this is him in the nose roll, sort of looming up to the lead here. This is a strong race. Uh, there's been plenty of winners out of this. Jimmy the Bear's coming off his back. Shove overs the horse in the green running into the race. I'm Gawa, uh, My Yankee Girl, Rhea Yuki. So there's former plenty out of this race. And he uh, he makes them look kind of second rate here. He just uh, pulls away from them late. I think this is a pretty smart horse. Um, he sort of raced through the grades last preparation. First up, went at Packenham, and then he was unlucky. Um, probably not to go very close to beating Cardinal Gem. Then he won this race and he won again at Soundown um, with a apprentice jockey on a heavy track. All his runs last preparation were on soft tracks, but um, with a bit of rain around here in Melbourne, we could be on a, maybe a five on Saturday. Gets a very soft run from the map barrier two. Jay Carr on first up, signals intent. And I thought the jump out where they really pushed him along, um, he was, sort of wasn't too far off. Maliva, I think Western Empire, and then he beat home. He's handsome. So it was a pretty strong field for a jump out. And he was. Uh, he was marked urgent there. He was really pushed along late in the finish. So I think he'd be pretty fit for this first up. Not surprised at all to see the markets come with him. He was sort of 280 yesterday into 245. Um, I think it's just a bit of a free hit for him first up. He gets a lovely run and he's only got to beat Vegeta San, who yeah, bar one run last prep was a bit disappointing. He ran second in the stut to Tijuana and then everything else, he was kind of uh, pretty flat out. He did jump out well, but I don't know if he's loaded with talent. And I think Daytona Bay's. You know, much better than this grade and could be a potential stakes class horse. So uh, I thought he was probably one on Saturday. You could uh, play in your multis or even have a good crack at it, 250. Just a strong I mean, he's just that horse. He's always, He's got the map and he's strong. Mm. So he's got typical moody, that hard to get past on pacer. Well, you look at his last run, like um, if you go back and watch replay, that always happy heads him and he kicks back and beats it with, with the three-kilo climbing apprentice on his weaker in the finish, and he still kicked back and beat the other horse. So yeah, he's, he's got a big will to win. And, uh, and he's strong. Jay Carr, Moody, yeah, I doubt he's going to drift, but uh, he's a horse I'm very interested in on, on Saturday. It's going to be very hard to get past him. Mm, just love to own a horse like Daytona Bay. And, For sure. Um, and uh, uh, what's that other horse? Gentleman Roy that won uh, last Thursday. They just just love it. They just make their own luck and they're just absolutely bomb-proof, those horses. Race nine at Sandown is the next one. It's the uh, the Catnack Jewelers Handicap. So you see $4.40, $5 St. Lawrence, River Plate $5.50, Glory Days $6, uh, San Fabrizio $13, uh, 3 and 4 pence $15. And the horse you like here, Nico, is Glory Days. Amar Eustace, uh, pretty quiet time at Warnable. It's in the red and black, way out the back, widest here, making a searching run. Yeah, well, he, he settled last here, and 
it was never ever probably going to be in the race over 400 meters first up, but the market didn't care. He still started $3.10 favorite and um, charged the line here. He sort of hit a bit of a flat spot between the four and the two, but two of the posts, he's the quickest of the race, eighth fastest of the day on a pretty strong day there, Warnable, and he was just sort of uh, all over the place there a bit. He gets Mark Dahl going aboard here and he gets the blinkers going um, on for the first time just to probably help him stop laying in. Um, the blinkers on with the Ma Eustace. Uh, combination when they go on for the first time. Profitable turnover, 37%. Win strike rate, 24%. So uh, highly profitable there. And a horse who has world-class form overseas, he ran uh, second to Stone Age in an Irish Derby trial. And then that horse, I think, started favourite in the Epsom Derby. So behind Who Your Mile and Co. And then ran third in the Belmont Derby. So he was kind of gapped by that horse, beating by five lengths. But this is a horse with a lot of talent. Um, jumped out really well leading to this prep. I've taken a bit longer early. I sort of took a bit of eight dollars, but I still think six dollars. You know, the market's going to be telling here. If he's six out to eight, you might not want to be with him. If he's six into five or four eighty, um, where there's smoke, there's probably fire there with the blinkers on and Mark Zara going on. I just thought it was a very interesting race. You got St. Lawrence, who's absolutely flying. He's unbeaten here in Australia. Um, he looks a progressive horse, and then so you see. Probably found somewhere near her best last start with that win, but she did only beat Mares. And the format of that race has been very iffy with Dane on tour and Liberated Girls sort of failing since River Plate had the biggest PR you'll ever see last start at Soundown. Um, Finding the front, going slow, no one to take him on. So Glory Days, I think, is the best horse in this race, whether he's here ready to fire second up, not too sure. But the market first up suggested um, they got a big figure for him overseas. Mm. They didn't want to put the drift on him, did they? So uh, he's got a lot of talent, this horse. Did you um did you take any notice of the, what time they ran at uh, Warnable? Did you? The uh, the supposed track record broke the track record, did they? Well, supposedly, supposedly, and I'll bring Walden on this one. I mean, this is this is one where it just uh, you know, this is someone that's good, and we've got a mate. He does the form, and he just alerts me. If it doesn't look right, if it doesn't all make sense. It's it's not right, you know. So if you believe if you believe the raw time there, they ran a track record. There was no margins, and then the winner. I mean, the, the models and that didn't believe it. The winner, next start, ran 50s, right? And, and if you believe the raw time and the rating and everything, that's a track record. So just be wary of that sort of stuff. Eight, six horses have had a run in that race and all regressed. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying your bloke, Will, because he was there, he's the one getting home, just yeah, trucking he was, home. he was the line fight. And, and, you know, there's just, if it doesn't, like, the, you can fall into the data, right, the data. You just, you know, generally if they run time and they run track records, there'll be margins. There'll be three links by three links. There, there's, you know, Two links first to fifth and stuff like that. So it's either because they've got a tailwind on the day or the rail or something or, you know, conditions or something like that is, is one of the reasons. you just got to be very careful of that supposed too when they go too fast and stuff like that. Well, that's probably good for him first up given they did go fast on painting form. Like to the class of the 600, it says fast on here, two and a half lengths above. So, um, but I think that's probably a positive for him given he was the strongest late, probably needed the hit out compared to a lot of them and he was still taking significant ground off him and still runs the eighth fastest last 200 yeah, of the no, meeting. Like, he, was, he was the run of the race. Yeah. But it was just interesting, the winner the winner off the supposed big figure then went to Mooney Valley and ran 50s, you know. So just be careful. The thing that just interests me, I, if I see John Allen riding that horse in at Warnable, and then I notice John Allen's riding St. Lawrence and then Mark Zara gets the ride on this horse. What, what does that mean, Nico? Well, John's rode St. Lawrence's last two to win, and I just would have thought maybe with the – connections of St. Lawrence, you probably wouldn't be one of jump off one of Aussies, would you? So I know I saw Yonce jump out the other day and she went like an absolute rocket Did she? straight to the front, run by about four. So I know Johnny's the uh the go to for her. So maybe he's just trying to stay in with the right he's, sort he's of right connections. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Zaron's a good sign anyway. Like it's not like they're going to one of the other you know riders. Well, didn't you ride, say that didn't you say they're throwing shades on it as well? Shades on. No, like, there's no. a lot of ticks there for him. If, if he runs up to his best, I think he's going to be right in the finish for us, and he go he goes up to seventeen hundred, which is a big tick. So Michael will be telling if he sticks out to tens, well, it's probably not his day. But if he sticks into four eighty, well, I think we want to be on mm, Barry yeah, three co coffin coffin. Uh, I'd be midfield needing a bit of luck, but we're on the hillside, so he'll probably find it. Mr. Walter, you're you're scribbling things. No, I just going back to DK's uh, audience. That those times like it. If, keeping it very simple, if your eyes like something and the data backs it up, uh, it doesn't get any better than that. If your eyes like something and the data's a bit shady on it, I still think there's an edge for, for people like us who um, have an opinion on, on what we see, but obviously wary. Um, if, uh, if the times don't stack up, you just sort of want to probably 
amber light with a, a touch of positive. And if your eyes don't like it and the data says yes, uh, that's uh, the other way. I think it's sort of be wary of it, but more of a negative. Yeah, I think it, there's more advantage in in being against um, positive data. If, if your eyes don't like everything you've seen about the race, whether it's bunch margins, the horse, you know, had every chance, was, you know, one pace, didn't hit whatever it is. So I think, yeah. I think I, that's great advice. Yeah, I think eyes is still the biggest, um, the biggest positive over the market comfortably. You can get both. So you can use your eyes and you can use punningform.com.au. Uh, they're the best form guide in the business. They've got a reskin. You can use old.punningform.com.au if uh, you still need to dig around and you're not quite uh, ready to transition to the, the new bright colours. But uh, make sure you check out punningform.com.au and then you can watch it, then you can see the data and you can do exactly what uh, Johnny's talking about. So I think it's impossible nowadays to do it, it, eyes alone, if oh, that makes sense. And I exactly. think it's insanity to do it. Data alone, so that's just my you need opinion. some sort of database or some little. Uh, you need as much something. help as you can get. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Let's talk about Randwick. Uh, Rose Hill last week. I uh, already uh, blown your trumpet there. Two great bets. Complete fill if you followed uh, JW's. Unless set. if you're a subscriber to Racing Watch who didn't formally back either horse, and I got death threats over it. Did so. You? Oh, well, as you say, it's like Wednesdays to Saturdays. Um, they weren't bad bets, but they were sort of borderline, both of them, by the time sort of prices had come in and whatever, and they both piss up and and you, you play into another race on the day and have no luck, and all of a sudden, you know, you're, 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 you're checking under the car for they a car be watching bomb. The show. That's, um, that's the life we live. That's the, the, the lovely life of a, a racing information service. Well, we do sort of cover the fluffy races and the captain obvious and pretty exposed form and things like well, that. You share I think all the if you want to serve anyway, you're getting so, more. Yeah, yeah well, that's like stuff. you try and spoon fed everything as much as you can, but also, um, you know, people are taking positions on Wednesdays regardless. Like I don't do much uh, early tipping uh, as in formally on, with my service, but um, people are certainly paying attention to what we say and what other people say early and they're, they're forming positions and betting anyway, aren't they? So we're only trying to help. I'm going to throw a name out here when you tell me if it's a positive or negative. Tom Marquand, back. I said three words. Yeah, he's what he is. He's uh, huh? yeah, he's all right. He's all right. I just like I like to see how they come back because yeah, if people start plugging him in as as who he was two or three years ago, maybe they're underplaying him. Most likely, they're overplaying him. So maybe he'll have a bit of J Mac tax factor to him for the first couple of weeks. Whether that's justified, a bit like Willie Pike when he came here. You know, he's obviously a very capable rider. He's shown he can do it here, but you still want to see them acclimatize and and uh, have that killer still still in them because you don't know. You know, it's been a long time, two years since we've seen Tom. So we've lost a Tom and got, gained, gained a Tom. Which is the better Tom? Which Tom? What have we Tommy lost? Berry. <laughs> Far out. Where would you rather? Oh, he should be changing tyres at Tire Mart. So uh, Tommy Mark oh, won geez. all day, every day. DK? <laughs> I was just saying, what, have you, have you got the mail on the other than the other rider there? Zach? Overseas rider, oh. kid having his first ride. If you had the mail there, have you got the mail? I just, um, I, I've got a, I've got some very good mail. I've Ooh. got a lunatic mate who's like, loves racing like I, I he makes me look like an apprentice where it comes to uh to loving racing because they take in all you know everywhere around the world and i saw him write an absolutely glowing tweet about how good this um how good this young kid is and and uh how excited he is to see him out here and i can only imagine that he'd be on the right path i can't imagine that he's not a you know a rising talent um considering what i read there Who's the, who, who's the writer for the, everyone? Oh, B B Lafayette or something, isn't he? He's a French French kid, yeah. UK apprentice. They're saying he's the, he's the best best apprentice since Tory. That's the male. John, he's apprentice to John Gosden. Um, he's only out here for a short time, then he's going back to Gosden for the European season. And then hopefully, um, I heard John O'Shea saying hopefully we'll get him back after that. But um, they're telling they're saying he's the, he's the best apprentice, UK apprentice since Tory. You might have missed it as well. DK had been on the cruise, but B Preble has been to Sydney as yeah. well. So he's He's punching a few. I think he rode he rode that horse beat King's Gambit the other day. So uh, he looks like he's up there with plenty in ten as well. So uh, there's a bit happening in the Sydney jockeys room. Benoit de la Sayette. Benoit de la Sayette. Has he got any good rides on Saturday? Uh, is he riding here? Is he riding? He's got one for O'Shea. Hasn't he? O'Shea said he's, it's time for him to. He's been riding trials or something. He's been here five or six weeks. There's time for him to go to the races. He sort of he thinks he's got good enough handle on. Being able to ride against all those good jocks up there, and um, five or five or six with Johnny O'Shea. I hope he's had a helmet on. He might be concussed. He might not be able to ride on. Uh, he might be not able to ride on Saturday. But no, no that's I love that sort of thing. Like any class uh, riders and things that come out here, it's 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 always fun, and always exciting to try and line them up. God, Do, have you forgotten already? What was that? What was the rider that came in and rode the bloody Golden Eagle and was a car crash? 
Yeah, that's beautiful. You just take sets against them. Why do you, Why would you have Buick? Why would you worry about Dettori when he comes here? Why do you worry about uh, who was the other little Brazilian Jamie, fella? Jamie Spencer the Bra- of Gate 13. Well, Walt's a call. It was Gate 13 around Brazil. Tight Brazil. What's he going to do? Mm. Mm. He's, not, he's not God. Good to have you back, DK. That's right. Oh, he's lost his God horse too. That was a shame. Um, Aussie's horse retired during the week. Hitotsu. Mm. Oh, Hitotsu, yes. That was a shame. What a good horse he was. Mm. 1,600 to 2,400. Well, that's what you love, horses that can break, like, yeah, like you go back to mahogany days, horses that can do freakish things. You love to see them race, so it's a shame that we lost it. Let's uh, let's talk about Rambit. Race two, uh, it's the AC Securities Handicap. I thought that was Macy Securities when I first looked at it. Cosmic Minerva's favourite here, 340. Banana Coin, 370. Lekvate is 750. Ella Tiama is $8. Festival Dancer, 850. African Daisy, 950. Yoshino, $13. And that rounds it out. But uh, Banana Queen was the one that you like, Walt. It's uh, just in behind leader here with uh, the yellow and the green limey sort of colour sleeves and does nicely just to round this leader up and sort of kick away here. I can only imagine that the price is just because this horse has the, had the PR here, like the, the absolute perfect run, um, The like soft sections up in front, quickens off and doesn't go, you know, crazy the last uh, 600 considering how slow they went the first part of the race. But I don't really see why this horse is $4. It, it goes up two kilos. It's... Um, it draws wide, which is perfect for me around Ramwick. I, you know, you want the inside draws around Rose Hill and that run. Ramwick, it doesn't matter as much. It's now had the mile run under its belt. My only tiny query is a super strong mile, but it looks another race where I doubt they're going to go super fast. This horse should just cruise across from from nine and, and sit somewhere up near. I think there's a designated leader in Festival Dancer, most likely from two with Schumacher aboard. Uh, I thought it was potentially the danger just because it looks to get a comfortable lead. Festival Dancer and had one of those harder regularities. Like they're they're something I struggle to get a handle on, but it's very unusual for those horses to not improve off those um, whatever they call them. What do they call the ECG or whatever they call it? They they bring the old atrial and yeah, atrial fibrillation or whatever it is. So six starts, four wins over a mile. Festival Dancer, whereas uh, Banana Queen, just a different horse. This prep loves the dry ground. Doesn't look like there's any rain around. She'll just sit in the first three or four and and do a thing. And to me, it's one of those races where uh, there's not a lot of depth behind uh, that can overcome, um, you know, any uh, drama and run down Banana Queen. So pretty straightforward race to me. Uh, the horse that yeah, one of the horses I've been going back and forth with with uh, Joe Pride on Twitter is Lekvard. I think it's a really good 12, 1400 meter horse and. Just gets too far out of its ground over a mile, and and I don't think it's a strong miler. It's the horse that I think is the best horse in the race, like Fart, but I see it getting back towards last and doing the same thing it did last start against Banana Queen. So it's just weird. I just kept coming back to this horse and trying to mark it you know, longer than $2.50, and I really couldn't. What if I told you that Gerald Ryan, fifth up's going at minus 40% pot? Yeah, I'd say that's one of those statistics that I continue to see on Twitter that is absolutely irrelevant to life because uh, whilst you take notice of it, then you test it against the horse and the race and this horse has had three, you know, progressed through its preparation, had nice runs built off it, no signs of of going backwards, you know, like uh, all those things are are worthy of uh, interrogating individual situations you know, more intensely if they if there's an, a warning sign, but I don't use them as gospel. I just I just made that set up, so I just I just completely plucked those figures and out. Mate, I wouldn't be a surprised. A lot of people think that Gerald Ryan is an early prep is trainer. early prep trainer. So yeah. is that possibly you're just betting whether this horse has just had enough? That no, was the point I, I, I was would say it's the PR thing and some sort of ratings thing, but I'd also say this horse will be well backed again. I don't see how it doesn't. Um, I think yeah, like there's four dollars ish around. I don't, I don't see it, it, like this uh, the, the African Daisy form line to me, which is. What you're basically up against the two form lines, classic Minerva uh, African Daisy versus Banana Queen. I just think she's a bit stronger. So I think uh, most people will come to my side and I think they'll find Festival Dancer is the danger coming out of a different form line again, which is that Frumos Cold Crusher sort of form line and uh, back to Gypsy Goddess. I think that it's probably the, the left fielder. Good good little saver. DK? I was just saying, those, just, I know you haven't had a laugh, but to those prep stats, I do a lot. I have a look at a lot of those that stuff and um, they are relevant for first and say early in prep they're not relevant once you get further in the prep and you'll see a lot of a lot of trainers are completely legless first up and even second up and especially stables who buy more cheaper backward horses that take time so um they're just just legless and then they i'm talking like i'm saying two from 60 first up then three from 60 second up and then third up they hit positive fourth up they positive territory 
stuff like that. So um, that's that's where it's interesting stuff. A golden one that I probably shouldn't tell anyone. A, a number of syndication um, mobs who are obviously growing and and becoming larger. Um, part of their uh, part of their <coughs> how do you want to say it business model is not having horses sort of wound up early in their preparations. They want the horses racing more. They don't want them hard feet early. They want them to, you know, have long extended preps if possible because that's what they're selling. You know, they're selling racing experiences and whatever. So mm. uh, even- surely, surely, surely that goes to the trainer they give them to, Walt. No, they're told. They're like told you, how to prepare you, the you, horse. You, well, Mick Price, you, you wouldn't give a horse to Mick Price like that, would you? Well, if you- He's, he's all ready to go first up. It wouldn't matter, who That's what I mean. So that won't last long. So, so if, I was, if I was punters out there, I'd keep an eye on- not just trainers, but also common owners, because a lot of them like their horses prepared in a certain, certain way. way. So, it's you know, like you say, like uh, Mick Price, it'd be interesting to see if, if they got a horse for, you know, one of, uh, you know, ABC bloodstock and if they prepare uh, their, that horse a little bit differently to the rest, you know. Like, so I, I don't think even in this day and age, it's just about trainers. It's, um, it's also about who owns them. Hmm. Fascinating. Good insight. I Good like insight. that. You like it? Just another way to find a pattern to try and figure out what stables are doing. Mm. Love the angle. Eskimo Prince uh, Stakes, the uh, Fujitsu General Eskimo Prince. Good little sponsor there. Uh, Aft Cabin's a favourite here, 195 at Top Sport. Zoo Tiger, 330. Osipenko, $750. $13. Communist, 15 Wolverine, 26 And we won't mention the rest. The replay we're going to have a look at here. Interesting. Aft Cabin's obviously uh, guineas, and a lot of these horses are targeted guineas, but uh, the horse that Walt likes here in the uh, purple and the Walla racing sort of colours, coming to the outside, ridden upside down here this day, Osipenko, horse that you really liked. Well, hits the line nice here. Yeah, it was a car crash, wasn't it? It's whole preparation last time. I mean, I think it ran behind, was it Aft Cabin the day on that? Was it the day that the, the world ended? It just absolutely yep. hosed down, wasn't it? So that was a forgiven. I think this was second up off that run. Um so, uh, yeah, it was second, second up. up, was it? So, yeah, it was just an insane effort from a horse um, that's obviously got unlimited talent. I thought its trial was was really good leading into this. Half cabin was okay, sort of led, uh, which is by default in a trial and, and went okay. I just – I struggle to get as uh, – is horny a word that we're allowed to use yeah. on YouTube? Horny about this horse as uh, as others are. And, I like, while I think he's a – uh, a very good horse. We're just talking about stables. James Cummings is not going to have this horse at his top. Uh, I don't think Chris Waller's going to have Osipenko at his top either, but I, what I'm saying, I think they're both uh, in the same level of vulnerability here. Uh, Zoo Tiger's most likely going to roll forward and get its chance. There's your Tommy Mark one. This is probably going to be his uh, best, biggest test on on Saturday. But I, I think this horse, Osipenko, on a dry track really has, the, uh, has not been seen how good he is and so for him to be eight dollars whereas aft cabins two and and zoo tigers 360 he's drawn inside he's got the great man nash aboard who's come overcome the uh, arterial fibrillation himself he he's, has he's had it himself uh, <laughs> i just see it's just a, a silly difference in price and that's all it is i don't think this horse is any good thing but we uh, one of those horses in, in uh, reflection it could be it could just explode and uh, this could be the you know your favourite for Ramwick Guineas and things like this after this run potentially. I don't think that's impossible. It's an interesting one with Af Cabin. There's a lot of hype. He's probably one of the most hyped horses I'd say in Australia. Mm. He threw the race away I think in the McNeil against Jackano. Everyone's quick to. Well, there's a fair few people that were pretty happy to poo-poo Jackano mm. last Thursday. I thought he. I think we we even put out a tweet. We thought he did what he had to do, but. Gee, I tell you what, once they get a Godolphin, oh, probably I'm wine Nico up here, as soon as they got the Godolphin blue colours, everyone just got like fawns over these horses and just. And he uh, has seen nothing but a heavy track, like a wet exactly. track as he well. He could be just an out and out wet tracker at Aft Cabin, like, but everyone just wants to go get some lotion and a, and a warm towel and jump into bed with him. And the dollar ninety five, Nico Noonan, I've just, I've just lobbed it up there for you. Oh, I think he's a very good horse. I'm just pitching Nico with the warm towel and lying back. He just and, wants it to be and Trav commentating it. I'm completely cast. You've just absolutely destroyed my day. <laughs> Don't know where to go from that. But uh, <laughs> I heard James Cummings say this, this horse could be the best horse in Godolphin at the moment. So they've obviously got a massive opinion of him. He's first up off the bleed, DK. Oh, so that's oh, the old, there's another pearl. That's, that's the pearls that's, are coming okay. thick and fast today. Punners are in for a treat. Watch this show today. So, uh, what do you do there as a as a trainer? You've got a horse that you want to win a Group One with. This prep, obviously, he's a, a stern colt, and he's a bleeder. Holy shit! Like, what do you do? You, you like if it was a different 
day, you'd nearly expect him to target a group one sprint and have him hard ready to go. It's uh, well, is that that's dicey. the issue, isn't it? Mm. You don't want him bleeding again. No, but no, so uh, I didn't. All over Red Rover. I definitely hadn't factored that in, and it is a definite, um, a definite big factor in this race potentially. I was yeah. watching his trial before. I thought he trialed terrific coming away from him late. You know, the horses he's beaten that trial are Lasalle, Silventino, and Kin. They're all thousand meter horses, and he's cruising away from him late. Like they should be trialing better than him. Given he's probably a horse who's going to get over further. His last start win was as good a win as you'll see in that weird race, but he just absolutely killed him. And then, you know, the run price starts $2 against Jack and Owen. He's probably not a 1,200-meter horse. We found out that day, but uh, yeah, I've got a huge opinion of this horse. I backed him at 100 to 1 to win the Guineas last spring. So that watching that replay of the Guineas there, just uh, it's been a tough show. Back Majorati the other day, and uh, he's just got run down late with the uh, the tactics change. So I've watched a lot of sick beats here recently, but um, yeah, I think. He could come out and brain these horses first up if he's uh, cranked up and ready to go. I think he really could be a star, this horse. I'm I'm hard in the camp. I'm, oh, um, yeah, it sounds oh, like you're hard. hard. You, you, uh, blue jacket, blue horn. jacket. I he t- might be taking over Animo's oh, uh, oh. number one standpoint. <laughs> Just so predictable. I tell you what, if you love that trial, though, and uh, Nigga said they are 1,000-meter <laughs> horses, but if you don't horn up about the second horses, uh, the, the way the second horse went in that trial, as a stable mate, what, uh, you had the name of it. I don't. Muskers. Yeah, it's um, it looks like it's Thousand ready to go. Oh, it's, is it from down here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember it. He looks ready yeah, to go to- if he produces him in a nice little ordinary race up here at some point. What about uh, John Arishay's horse, Sue Tiger? Trialed uh, decent enough for this? It trialed, um, yeah, okay, but I thought Osipenko trialed better than it. They, they well, were very Osip- similar. Osipenko's back to the inside and taking ground off at late. Yeah. Right? yeah. It was a, I thought it was a much better trial visually and. Through the line, he's pretty stronger. Yeah, if it was Rose Hill, I think he'd be much more in the corner of Zoo Tiger just on circumstances. But um, he, I, I don't think this horse is slow, Osipenko. He just sort of was a, a, a victim of circumstance a bit there. You know, he, that uh, he was third the fence, first up fourteen hundred on that diabolical track that day at Caulfield. Um, I, I know. I remember when JP rode him, he was sort of towing him behind him over thirteen hundred. I could see this horse settling, you know, in the first four if they wanted it to very easily. And yeah, it's just. To me, it's just a wrong price, and we'll find out more about Af Cabin and uh, on Saturday. And I think Zoo Tiger is probably the one that's um, got a limit on it, but he's probably, you know, better suited on Saturday than the other two, uh, the other two Colts. But um, but I think they'll have the wood on him from then on. Does it? It's a case of Walla Walla tries to pinch this one, get the horse's confidence. How do you back know? Up, How do you bloody know? Back off and then rev him up again. I don't think it matters. I think I, I just think the price is just wrong. Mm. All right. So it's about seven fifty, Aaron. Oh, I just want to get back to Horn. Is, is, oh, I just <laughs> want to drag it back there, back to. So yeah, it's been mentioned. I mean, isn't there? It wasn't there a horse that won up your neck of the woods called um, Raging Raging Pole or oh, something like this? No, didn't Mitch Matters just? It wasn't <laughs> so, out of the jewel or something. It said he gives one final thrust and gets there on the line. Does <laughs> Raging Pole? That right, I sent him a message about ten minutes before the race, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, just- I sent him, oh, wouldn't it be lovely one last? Because you know, because Timmy Clark hates it with a passion. One last thrust. He was doing it. He was sort of overdoing it a bit in Sydney in the late, and it was more to upset Tim, I think, than anything else. And he hadn't broken his uh, one last thrust duck up here because uh, the first few races they were four or five length jobs. So I'm looking at it and I don't nothing about raging pole as a horse, but when you watch the replay, like, it, and you can half feel I don't think he even wanted to give it, but it just worked out so well that he couldn't what? couldn't miss the opportunity. And uh, the uh, raging pole one last thrust. It was, inception. Uh, once it's in his mind, it just oh it, yeah, it, it just, exactly. He couldn't avoid it. He had to say it. So it just <laughs> and you, so, you watch it. It's just whacked its way right down the outside. <laughs> one last thrust and got the job done. The pole, but yeah, I'll, I'll forget its name from now on. But it was uh, yeah. Oh, Mitch, he's a good fella, and and uh, yeah, it's good to see what they're doing up here with that track too. They bought the, they bit the bullet and finally spending some money. They're going to put the lights in, redo the track, and I think it'll be it'll end up you know in the top. Hopefully, if they do it correctly, it'll be one of the centres of racing for a long time to come, the Gold Coast. So I think he's made a good decision to come up here and be the uh, the voice of it. DK will move up here next. Mark my words. Racingwatch.com.au for more of Johnny's stuff. Uh, uh, he's got Telegram or Discord. So depending on how much noise you want, you can uh, just get tips only or you can get in there with the rabble that's uh, in the Discord chat. There's uh, so many very interesting characters and uh, it's very amusing. Hate your missus, make sure you uh, jump into the Discord channel because you or might not have to talk to you. if you wanted to hate you, if you're one of the two, whatever, <laughs> if it's not already in there, oh, you're, you're, some do go down the rabbit hole, there's no doubt, but um, everyone's you know in there trying to help each other. That's the main thing. No, uh, no bad eggs. 
All right, uh, Eagle Farm. Let's have a quick look at Eagle Farm. I think it's a great betting card. I'm sure Donnie's going to uh, push out a couple of tips for the syndicate. There's a horse I like here. I left it alone, just had a look at it last start, and that's the favourite here, Hang 5, $4 favourite. And Shea Gomez been the one they've backed, $9 out of four sixty. Zarina Sophia, $5. Uh, Viminel is $10. Centre bounce is 15 Let's have a look at uh, Hang 5 first up here. I thought it was a really uh, conservative ride. They He just let uh, the speed go early and then sort of just sat in behind and floated back, sort of like a Damien Lane-style ride. He's in the, um, uh, the what is it, uh, the hoisted colours with the, uh, the black. Is that Shah of Goma behind it? Yeah, Shah of yep. Goma's on the inside uh, behind it, and um, it also finishes quite well, but it's now drawn barrier 14, and they both step up to the 1400. So this horse, uh, you could tell the way that they rode Hang 5. It was definitely underdone in the black and the uh, the lime green there. And the form uh, that beat it was the bursting Junquira uh, form. Here you go, last preparation. You've got Tyressa back down on the fence here. And then Hang 5, have a look at this. For about 300 metres in the straight, he just bumps into, uh, I think a horse is called Dancing Queen or um, some sort of queen. She runs third and he runs second. But once he sort of finds clear air, he really extends through the line. So he actually should have... Uh, gone really close to sort of knocking um, Tyrese off here. And Tyrese is obviously uh, very strong form for a race like this. The rest of uh, the market says the, uh, the top is a danger. Zarina Sophia, she's got barrier 11 though, so big problems there. Has to sort of either bust her up early or be conservative. So this horse will either map better or get a better run in transit, hang five. And then uh, Zarina Sophia, big query at the 1,400-metre mark, or the 1,400-metre distance. And then you got Shea Goma, uh, Jim Byrne, barrier 14. Uh, I think he's only got one option there is to drag that horse right back. So if you if you like that horse and you've missed the nine dollars four sixty, you'll get um, you should get seven or eight dollars about it. But um, I thought Hang Five just gets an absolute chance in life to uh, to win this one on Saturday. That horse is Arena Sophia. I know a bit about so um, quite close with the the, the Ryan Camp at times. I can um, have good conversations with him. And this horse it stepped to twelve last start, and I was a tiny bit concerned because it's sort of it had won sort of bullishly over a thousand mm. horses can do that, and going to twelve, and I was like, what do you think twelve? And these guys live and breathe racing, like they know everything about every one of their horses, every horse that works at race. They miss nothing this camp. They just love racing, which is why I love talking to them. And he's like, mate. This is just a stepping stone to 14. Um, we think that she's crying out for it. And if you watch her, she's the sort of horse that does enough to to win but doesn't look like she's actually trying. She's a horse that looks like she's got, you know, three, four, five lengths up a sleeve potentially that she's got there to unlock. So I'd be wary of Zarina Sophia. And as I said, like the gate I think is right. If you'd had a, straw, a soft gate, I'd be saying you at least have to save on her just because she's a bit enigmatic. But um yeah, I, I th I'd actually nearly say that it's worth saving on her, but I like um, I like your line of thinking, and I think Shara Goma is a massive risk. Mm, massive risk. It's just going to be miles back off them, and these two other horses, they'll be uh, dueling it out for uh, more up it's, in front. And it's hit the front in races where it should have put them away before Shara Goma and not done it. It's a, it's a horse that needs everything to fall its way, I think, to um, to win races, whereas the other two, uh, I think, uh, one's you know enigmatic and the other one looks strong as an ox. So I'm, I'm with you. Mm. And just looking for a wild card, a lot of these horses are just coming out of weak maidens and um, they just look outclassed. So if the real Hang 5 is there, he uh, he should be winning. So big D-Day uh, run for him. This is the time that you back him. And uh, if he wins, you probably don't have to back him again, but this is his time to win. All right, Donnie's best. Uh, let's uh, go to Donnie. No good last week, but I think he'll bounce back here. G'day, gents. Donnie's here again with this week's best bet. It's going to be back at Eagle Farm, Queensland Premier Tracks been racing fairly, so I think we can find a few winners. The best bet comes up in race five, number two, buying time. It's from the O'Dayne Hoisted Yard. It was first up 300 days last start. It was in second gear outside the lead. It didn't get let off the throttle the whole race. It's worth watching the replay. It reminds me a lot of Uncommon James, this horse. It's got a lot of improvement, second up. It will settle probably two or three pairs back and it will be steaming home over the top and it will be going on to much better races. So pretty keen to back. Race five, number two, um, uh, buying time. It's around $2.50 with top spot. Good luck, gents. It sounds a bit hoarse there, Donnie. You might need a uh, bit of a let up. But uh, so, yeah, he's gone from uh, the O'Day and Hoisted Yard also. So Everyone's that's uh, race yeah. five, number two. So. Definitely uh, being fancied early, 260 to 235. Yeah, I don't know much about those horses, but I know that stable was certainly uh, airborne prior to the Magic Millions. I don't know if they're continuing on, but they're a, 
They're a, a good stabler. He's, he's very – all these horses seem to be strong, which is what I like about them. They're always pretty much line finders. They do something right. The betting usually tells a story too. If they're mm. smelly and uh, unfancied, um, you can pretty much write them off and they're just there for a, uh, a bit of a look too, which is uh, handy as a punter. Top sports steamers. Uh, there was a few dirty placings last week, victim of circumstances in a couple of those races. But uh, this week – uh, all the bets are at Ramwick. Race one, number seven, Porto Rossa, 300 at uh, 16, now drifted out to $18, which is unusual. These usually all go off. Yeah, it's not a straightforward two-year-old race. They're sort of the second tier, I'd say, um, whereas last week we sort of saw most of the big guns come out. There's uh, Sicilians in that race, which is interesting. Probably hasn't trialled, you know, like a like a certainty, but I think it's a it's a gay waterhouse um, bone and muscle job that'll uh, run a big race for you. I, I couldn't get too excited about Porto Rossa, but I can see I can see the angle as in it's not a, a race that looks two or three chances. It looks like it's there for for the taking if you've got a bit of ability. Mm. And this one uh, is race five, number ten, and again uh, five hundred at eleven now eight fifty. Joe Pride, Jay Collett, and another a race that looks there for the taking. The horses had um, not much luck this prep last time. He just sort of got dictated to from the gate that JP had to go back to last and. Ran into a decent horse in that S1. It was a really good ride from Chad Schofield that sort of was the difference between the two of them. I think this horse is definitely up to winning uh, this race. Uh, just just needs a good ride, but I think Ramwick's much more suitable than Canterbury for this horse. This is uh, one of DK's men trains this one. Race six, number eight, Beaufort Park, 500 at 17, now 13. They've backed Sarbasan. Uh-huh. Uh, this race is like eminently winnable. I, I had a really good look at this race because nothing can nothing can really win. Who's the favourite? Banju. Yeah, so it's two dollars twenty, and then you've got Sulcum in there. Two forty five. Isn't it? I, I actually, we probably wanted to talk to the boy. Isn't it far lap? Like I know it, it won that twenty six hundred. Why isn't it a dollar thirty in this race if it's if it's ready to go? I don't care if it's a mile, and I don't care if it's got to give ten kilos to Banju, who we backed in highways. This horse is like Melbourne Cup favourite. Surely it just picks them up and carries them and, and on their back. Like um, it's just scary to me that something was heavily backed early in the market to beat it. That maybe there's it's not you know ready. warning signs there. And then I could go looking for Beaufort Park because even though it had the the dream run the other day, that was a silly price because Banju's a you know he's a he's an honest horse, but he's no star. And I think it's just the old fifty and a half kilos that they're warming to. But surely Sulcum's a big chance of just picking these horses up and carrying them. So did, did Timmy get the flick off Love Tap, or was he chosen to ride? No, I was one of gays. I don't know to be fair. I yeah. don't know, but um, yeah, if Love Tap's beating you, you probably need to give yourself an uppercut. Like if Love Tap beats Sulcum, it's just you'd just take it straight to RACV and put it into the hospital. <laughs> what if, if Sulcum had a came out of the Melbourne Cup and ran? Say top five, which it p- perhaps could have done. What well, you're probably right. It starts. Well, it got beaten in trial a long way the other day, but I think there was like a tear away. I think they come home nine above or something in the trial. You know, like they've ripped home. It's not as if this horse is going to take ground off off group horse sprinters in a trial. Uh, impressively, it was sort of pushed out a little bit. But this is a mile at Ramwick. You know, like I, I just. I can't see Waller sending it round for a barrier trial. I know it's not going to be ready, but I just don't care the way it won that bloody race. Um, the only time we saw it in the spring. Good luck. Like, I think, well, didn't it come off like 15 below there, Nico, and round them up? Like, no, no, it was a staying race, but surely that's good oh, enough yeah. to win a mile race at Ramwick. It was a big win, wasn't it? And the market just said, uh, yep, good horse. They just they were happy to keep him very short that day, even though there was some queries around his form. And he, I think he had some form around Secret State, who had the Dover Legend form line, and he, he is $12 favourite for the Melbourne Cup. I was just looking with top support. Yeah. So, uh he, he's one of the horses of the autumn, isn't he? He's he's a big watch for the rest of the autumn. Like how how well he goes on Saturday, and if they push on to a Sydney Cup, if they go Queen Elizabeth and try to keep his handicap rating down for a, mm. a race like the Cup next year, uh, a few heavy hitters in the uh, the ownership DK's mates in there as well. So. Yeah, he's one of Aussies. Yep, it's just and of Aussies. I love that it's come off a slow tempo to win that race. If they went 100 miles an hour in that race and they come home 10 below, and and you just say, oh well, he's a whacker, but. Like he's done something nothing else in that race did extend it away from some pretty serious horses. Like I just, if it was even twelve or fourteen hundred, you'd be worried. A bit of mile at Ramwick, it's it's testing enough for me. They might be factored in the weight. Like he's got to give that yeah. Banju eight kilos first up. Yeah, that, for sure. That's what I think. It's people get excited about, and it's soft leader too. So you know, it ticks a lot of boxes, and they probably put up a little bit the wrong price. But crikey, crikey, where they're going to end up in life? It's just, Nine it's just nothing. I just see it as not like nine. Ki- I just don't care when you've got that much class on a horse. I just don't care. Hmm. It, uh, if if it's if it's even seventy percent right and they care about this race, it's over. No, it's got the animo trial. But it's form. A, it is a it, what price is it? It's like two sixty or something. Anyway, it's not as if you really care. But um, yeah, if you like it, 
I think it'll be winning. If you if you say like it, it'll be winning. But if you like it, it's get trial pretty well. Animo. It looks it looks like he's humming headed into this preparation. That was probably the best I've seen him try. Oh, That's great work. Animo. Do you like watch them side by side? Just get them up on like two screens and just continually watch their trial over and over again with the warm towel and no, we've got yeah, to go Af- back there. I only watched Af Cabins this morning, to be fair, but I saw Animos oh. the other day on Twitter and I thought, geez, he's fine. <laughs> I'll have to make you a calendar. The 12 best shots of Animo, just so you oh, put God. it up. He hasn't been that good to me. I could have only backed him twice and he's won for me. I, I went to Sydney and I had a huge crack at him in the Queen Elizabeth and he ran last. And then, of course, Blue Diamond Day, so... I've been head of the fan club, but I reckon there's plenty that have made more money out of it than me. Might change the name of the show, the Animo Show. It's funny how that happens with horses. Um, I'd about you say, like an aside, how well-schooled J-Mac is. So he wins on that thing militarised in like race two or something, son of done deal, straight after the race, and it's like a China horse club. Well, this just just got to remind you of uh, Castel Vecchio, hasn't it? The way he just yeah, ripped home down the outside, son of done deal. It was like he worked for God. Damn, it, was, it was like he was interviewing the stud master. Doesn't he? He is though. He's the cool more. He's the best. He's the cool more rider. Though. Yeah, but that's not. Even, oh well, Castel Vecchio. That's even better. I don't think Dundeal, I think Dundeal's Arafield. So he's talked about Castelvecchio, which is a Coolmore stallion. So he's even, and it had nothing to do with Castelvecchio, this horse. It was just by the same sire. He's the best I've ever seen. He's just a human bloody billboard. I think it's time to wrap up the show. We're getting very wayward. I love it. We've talked about a lot of weird shit that goes on in my <laughs> brain today and it's given people an insight to how uh, wrong I am mentally. All right, boys. Uh, good luck back in the, uh, booking the cruise, Nico, and uh, make sure uh, if you want Nico's stuff, three ninety nine from now until the end of June. So you're mad if you don't uh, take that one up. So better than 25 bucks a week, you get a saving there, 22 weeks of absolute grouse. Uh, so good luck on Saturday out at Sandown. And DK, great to have you back. You're looking Bloody terrific. You've already had a haircut. You've hit the ground running. Yeah, no, I'm back, back Scoop. Just uh, as you know what happens when you go away, the boys, you know, a bit, bit behind, so I'm buried in buried in videos and stuff at the moment trying to catch up. But, uh, no, great to be back. Yeah, outstanding. All right, well, I'll see you the same time next week. Yeah. Get some vitamin of, D. A couple of big bowling events between now and then, some vitamin D, and I'll be back. Ten-pin bowling. Yeah. There's no vitamin D in there, mate. That's indoors. Goodbye. Goodbye.